Hello, friends. You're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Eleanor Murray. We are in Olympia, Washington. Uh, Olympia Coffee Roasting Company. Um, and I don't know. I don't. Eleanor's a little bit nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't say this to make you more nervous, but Eleanor's one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Uh, I'm very stoked that we're here. We've played shows a few times in the past. I helped release a tape of hers years ago. We just recently played Tree Fort Music Festival together, and she lives here in Olympia. And I wanted to talk to her about her work ever. And you said you've got a couple, a couple to come to mind. Yeah, yeah. I was going over my history, and yeah. I, I just kept landing on one city in particular. Okay. <laughs> Worst city ever. <laughs> well, until recently, I've always had a hard time in LA. Okay. Like. That's fair. Like where it just kind of seems ridiculous, like. I mean, I've played six shows there, and the last two were the were actually great. Okay. But it took like the first four to yeah. really get to a, having like a decent show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the first one uh, was on my first tour, or it was on my first national tour. I was yeah. going around the country with Ben Kamen with okay. his project Invisible River. Cool. And so it was my first time to LA ever, and so. Um, I was like really excited and like wide-eyed and he booked most of the shows on that tour so we showed up and it was this big bar and in this really busy part of town I don't, I don't know where but for some reason we like loaded out all of our stuff out of the car before like talking to anyone in the venue <laughs> so we just like are outside of the venue with like a drum set and our amps and all of our merch and just knock on the door and because it was locked and I just remember this like big scary looking guy like freaks open the door looks at both of us with all of our gear he, like I remember him looking at all of our gear and he was just like we're not open yet and then closes the door and locks it <laughs> and, so, like, and normally you know if a venue is closed before you get there People will let, let you, let you in and yeah. set up your stuff, yeah, but this guy like took one look at us and all of our stuff, and we were just like, no. no. <laughs> and so we just sat there on this like really busy street with all of our stuff. I don't oh, know why geez. we You're like, just, like on the sidewalk. Yeah. Like, okay. And we like unloaded the whole car. And <laughs> I don't know why we did it that way, but well, you said it was your first major he, tour. Yeah. I feel like and. In this in this process of asking folks these questions, I have noticed a lot of like rookie mistakes come up yeah. where you're like, "Oh, I did it this way, and this show was terrible because of a thing that I planned, which I know better now." Yeah. It was a learning moment. Yeah, like yeah. first make contact. That's a good. Then... That's a good lesson. That's a good lesson. If you're starting out, you go and you talk to the venue first and be like, "Hey, can I bring my stuff in?" Yeah. Even if it's not right. a lot of stuff, we were, you don't want to bring it back and forth. You know? We were a little eager. To yeah. Just like going. Yeah. But then. So we were out there for like, I don't know, 20 minutes or something, yeah. and uh, they finally let us in, and we learned that it's like this huge bar, and there's a stage downstairs with like pool tables and bar, and then there's a stage upstairs. Okay. So we were playing upstairs, and we soon learned that like there's no soundproofing whatsoever, oh, okay. and the first, the band downstairs started playing, and they were like heavy heavy metal or like heavy rock yeah something extremely loud where okay. like we couldn't even hear each other have a conversation upstairs right. it was just like 
and both of our music styles are really quiet. Yeah. I mean, I know your music is very like delicate and intimate. And... Yeah, and his music is even more okay. quiet. Yeah. Like we had drums, but it was like, you know, like a floor tom with a mallet. Yeah. Just, like softly protected. Yeah. So we couldn't even hear each other talk. And then, um, and I guess luckily, only two people showed up, and it was... <laughs> <laughs> That's always the worst. You're like, fortunately, there was no one there yeah. to witness this, this debacle of a show. <laughs> and it was his, the people we were staying with, okay. like, they were really sweet to, like, try to support us, but, like, we couldn't hear any, couldn't hear anything. Right. So, from my memory, I think we just gave up. I don't think we even... I don't know if I even played. I think Ben played, and he was just like, "This is ridiculous." Because there's only right. my two friends here. And right. They're... And at that point, you were like, "I mean, I could play, but why?" Yeah. And I don't think anyone was enjoying it because you couldn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to have that moment. I mean, it's cool that you had it even on an early tour, but where sometimes you're like, "Well, I'm gonna play because I'm here to play," right. and not all conditions are. Really, I mean, not every situation is, is good for playing, and, and if I try yeah. to be, I'm definitely like, I try to be pretty perseverant, and I'll usually yeah. play just about no matter what. But there are times where you're like, if no one can hear me, yeah, and no one's here, yeah, and they're just there why? to be polite, yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's rough. That's come up a couple times in this show yeah. where we were talking about how like, no people is better than like, two people. If the two yeah. people are like there to support but don't actually Yeah, it's not like the they're music. really into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it feels weird um, coming all that way. It's like I should play. Right. I like right. plan you know, this took so much effort. To play. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we came all this way. Yeah. But then you think it, you just because I was talking to a friend about this the other day, she was talking about this in terms of relationships, but how there's this myth that if you put enough work into something then it then it will work out and uh -huh. that's not true and she was saying yeah, how yeah. in relationships that's like a myth that she especially is always trying to like remind women of because there's this mentality of like yeah. i'm gonna work on my guy i'm gonna like yeah. make him better and like you can put all that work into it and you might still not be compatible yeah. or he might just be a douchebag or he might yeah. like that might still happen and she was saying, I think this is the only thing where this applies. And I was like, no, this is totally true of music. Yeah. You can spend weeks on a song and it's still garbage. Right. And it's sometimes you just can't polish a turd and like nothing that you do to add to this thing is gonna make it good. This is not that good in the first place. Sometimes you just, I don't know what it is. But sometimes you just like, a song falls out of you and you make no effort and it's yeah, awesome. Totally. It's your best song. And like, yeah. that is just, I think all art works that way sometimes and everyone's different, but there's no rule. You can't say like, the more work you put into it, the better it'll oh, be. Yeah, totally. But I think this is this is what I was thinking about with the tour too, where like, some, if you, okay, you, you did all this to get there, you dealt with the guy who wouldn't let you in, all this stuff, but then it's not like, okay, well now if I play, it'll all be worth it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you play to two people who are there to be polite and they can't hear you, yeah. that's not gonna somehow redeem it. Right. It's not right. gonna be like, oh, now it was a good show yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. I've had experiences similar to that where, like, the pre, the leading up to the show is so 
difficult. It's like so challenging. Right. But then the actual performance is like it like fixes it. Right. You know? Right. So it does sometimes go. It can happen. Way. But yeah. I mean, I mean, but it sounds like you have to you have to ask yourself, is this all gonna work out if I just play? Yeah. And if yeah, in the situation where they literally can't hear you. Then it's probably not gonna be the case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, like that reminds me of, like I was saying, my other shows in LA. Yeah. The the next three shows in LA after that were were all very challenging. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, um, I was gonna say that reminds me of the the fourth one, which was actually the hardest one. Okay. Like the ones in between there, they were just kind of like, no one, no one really cared, and so yeah. that's what made it like, why are we doing this? But right, it right. turned out to be okay. Like we made friends and stuff. Yeah. But the fourth show, I was on a, my first solo tour. Okay. And I found with with any bad show, it's immensely stuff. easier if you have somebody there to laugh yeah. about it with. That's definitely true. Yeah. My buddy John. Corner. I don't know if you... Yeah. Yeah. You well, he came to the show. Wait, he was at the show? Oh, the, the I wasn't... One. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of that. So John always used to say, when we, we toured in a band together, Desert Center, and he would always say, bummer shows are better with bros. Yeah. And yeah. yeah uh, you know, we always were trying to come up with a gender neutral version of right, that. Right, right. But, uh, but it's true that, I mean, when we would play shows together and they were awful, we would both just at least be able to sit in the corner and be like, oh my god, can you believe what yeah. just happened? Yeah, and you can laugh. When you're by yourself, you sort of, I feel like you get a little more existential about it unnecessarily, totally, where you're like, totally. what is wrong with me? Why? Oh my gosh, what are, yes. Where's my life? What am I doing? <laughs> am I even a musician? What am I, what am I, I just, doing like, in the world? Should I just turn around and drive home right yeah. now? Like, should I go get a real job? What, yeah. I should just quit my life. You know, there's that kind of stuff doesn't yeah. come up for me when I'm with other people. It yeah. doesn't come up for me a lot, but I feel like that every now and again, like, really shitty show that just makes you, like, question everything. Totally. But, yeah, by, your, by yourself, anyway, yeah. Yeah, and having someone else there, you can either laugh about it with yeah. them, or, like, they can actually... Sometimes, the, like, emotionally hard shows I've had... The great thing about being with someone is, like, they can bring you back to Earth and right. be like... You know, do you need to talk about it? Right. Kind of, if you're having a harder time yeah. than they are. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. But, yeah, so this one I was, is my first big solo tour, and it was in Long Beach. Yeah. Um, and, okay, it was like at a bar, but like a, a, like a posh bar. It was okay. like very chic. I remember the lighting was just like very bright. It wasn't okay. like a dive dive Frenchie bar it was like very cool and uh, okay. the first issue with it was just that there was no stage and okay. I didn't know that coming in but um, it was like the music the musicians are just supposed to play amongst the tables and oh. so not um, even you don't mean just like not an elevated stage which is not like a, no stage no performing it's like, area yeah you're just like in you don't even get the luxury of a corner. Like, <laughs> you're just like <laughs> that's gotta that'll be my memoir someday. The luxury of a corner. <laughs> that's nice. We have the walls, but this was like right. we were against the wall, and the tables. A lot of them were standing tables, so you're really like um, just in the crowd of people. Okay. And uh, 
it was just so loud in there. It was just the acoustics of it was like same thing. You couldn't hear right what I'm doing, and uh, but just because of the people, the people, and gosh, like that. That was the theme of my LA shows where it just felt like no one wants to wants this to happen. I'm in this space and like nobody wants like it's the city not, has conspired against you. Like, it we is like do not want Eleanor Murray to play here. Yeah, I mean, was, more and more people were coming in because it was like a Saturday night or something. And right. It's not like people are staring at me and giving me during looks. They're like staring at me and then just resuming their like. Uh, loud conversation like right. right next to me and uh, right. so I'm like trying to play these songs and just the vibe is like it's indifferent I guess yeah very it wasn't cruel it was just like I came here to talk with my friends and drink and, right. and so that was one show where I was really like fighting through tears playing because oh. it just felt like you're in the middle of a party and you're like trying to you're like hired to do your thing you know I have to like they were gonna I have to like finish this but right. no one has any interest whatsoever right and, uh, the one like thing that kept me grounded was that John, John came Porter, yeah, yeah <laughs> and brought his friends and I remember that kept me from just like I don't know it kept me from I was still kind of crying, but maybe I could hide it a little bit better because okay. they were watching, and uh, I don't think they could hear any of it either. So it just—it was bad. And then the difficult part of having a bad show is like sometimes you can't leave right away. Like it's so emotionally difficult, and you're just you finish, and you're just like want to crumple into a corner, and uh, but you can't leave because you have to figure out how you're getting paid right and, um, so kind of like some spots where they pay you out of the bar or something yeah that, that kind of deal that was the thing was that I didn't know how it was happening so I just wanted to leave and uh, it was so busy in there and I couldn't figure out who was paying me and how it was happening and even the I was excited about that show because I was playing with a band that I really liked and they were I don't want to talk badly of them, but they were just kind of in their zone with their friends and like kind of didn't, I didn't never got a chance to connect with them or talk. So, okay. you know, I just remember trying, like trying to find the other band and they were just surrounded by their friends and I was just like, I need to leave. And he didn't know, you know, he couldn't help me either with like, he didn't know who was paying. Right. Uh, but then finally I managed to get the guy in charge and he gave me the check and that was just the hard part, like getting out of the space right. that like just really hurt, hurt, yeah. and then like you don't have anyone to like laugh about it with. It's just yeah. like, oh, it was so bad. Do you remember if you once you left, did, were you leaving LA or did you have like a spot to crash in LA? Or? Uh, I had, a, I was staying with a friend, uh, and I was leaving for Joshua Tree the next day. Okay. It felt so good to leave. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know that for me, just you're talking about how like you have a terrible show and then 
for me it feels really therapeutic if I'm not staying in town if I can just like literally put distance between me and that place yeah. I feel like as soon as I get in the van it feels better and you're like well yeah. that was back there yeah. I'm not there anymore yeah. I'm going somewhere else totally and not every job has that luxury you know like right. a lot of, everyone has shitty days at work and yeah. some people then you just have to stay there for the rest of the day and then come back there again every day that week I know. and yeah. Uh, there is something really nice about being able to just, okay, I'll never go to that place again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the Joshua Tree after that totally, like, replenished me. Like, I had a... The shows were quirky, but they were so uh, kind. Yeah. Like You played it, a show at Joshua Tree. Yeah, I played a couple of shows there. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, Joshua Tree is really interesting like the people there yeah um it everyone was just really nice to me so cool. <laughs> that kind of healed that one it's a nice it's a nice cure to LA. Yeah. yeah i mean la's i think la's one of the worst uh <laughs> i feel this way about most big cities i feel like new york la san francisco london paris like most really huge huge cities it's really hard to find a show if you're playing quiet kind of like yeah. intimate music where people will be quiet and, and are glad to be there and are listening yeah. I feel yeah. like it's just so many venues will treat you like they're doing you a favor by giving you a show at all yeah and then even if you're playing to no one and then or, or people do come out I and mean, what you're describing where it's more about just like a socializing thing and you're kind of just the background music yeah um which I don't think people realize, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that when you're playing, I mean, I, I know your music very well, so I'm just, I'm sort of assuming this, but like, your music is so personal and intimate and so naked in a way, like, it's so, yeah, I just keep using the word intimate, sometimes intimate gets just a small crowd or, or for something quiet, but I mean like intimate in a really full sense where... And I, I feel like if you're trying to do this and like really be vulnerable in a song and then people are just there but totally not paying attention, it, it's, it feels a lot more violating than, than if yeah. you were just playing like a rock, I don't know, like rock song or, or something more like high energy or whatever. Totally. Um, it feels like it, it hurts. It like physically, I mean, because it feels like I'm sharing something where every part of myself is like, I don't feel good sharing this, right. but like I have to share it. Like, yeah, with other bands I've been in, it's like more, you're just, you can get into the motion of it and yeah. it's not, doesn't feel like it's so much a part of, it's a part of you, but not in this, doesn't feel as vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so when, with this music, it's, uh, it just feels like every part of my body is saying, don't do this, but you, <laughs> you, but that's, you know, when money is involved and like, at least a couple people are watching it, right. it feels like you have to follow through. Right. Although it sounds like, at least in the previous LA situation, 
you think you probably didn't play because like you were gonna get paid the same either way. I don't even know we were getting paid that night. Right. I, like we just like <laughs> left and didn't tell anybody on that one because they didn't they okay. didn't care. Right. I don't think we were getting paid on that one. Okay. Or maybe we just I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but in a way, it's like when you said, like, fortunately there were only two people, like, that is the upshot yeah. of, like, well, we weren't even getting paid, so there was no reason yeah. to do this yeah, if, yeah. if nobody nobody yeah. cares. This one, I, w I knew how much I was getting paid, so I just felt like I... Yeah. And there were a lot of people there, so it would have been, even if no one was listening, they would have noticed if I just packed up. And right, yeah. right. But I do... Um, I, I'm really fascinated by L.A., even though I've had difficult shows there yeah well like the ones before the last one I just told like the shows were just like like no one cared but then the parties around the shows were like fantastic okay. <laughs> like, like we had one show in this cafe that same thing nobody cared and everybody was just like why are you here but then we ended up having a party amongst ourselves with this random person we met that ended up like we're all on this roof of this apartment like standing in a circle singing Mariah Carey songs <laughs> like yeah. it was just there's this like uh, there's this like magical part of that city that I felt around like the gatherings sometimes it doesn't translate to the music part of it but right. yeah, it's been fun I, yeah my sister lives in LA, and so I'm kind of committed to going there and seeing her and my niece. Yeah. I feel like if I, if she didn't live there, I probably would just skip out. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd probably just like drive through it at night and play San yeah. Diego, and then. Yeah. Know. But I don't know. I think I'm also, I'm very pragmatic at this point where I don't care about hype and you know saying like, oh, but this is the this is the venue where. Yeah. Nirvana got their start like I don't care and like yeah. that was them I love Nirvana that doesn't translate into anything useful to me to just right. like be able to say I'm not writing a resume where I get to say like <laughs> oh I played this place I don't yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. and so I feel like big cities that have these kind of like scenes where it's all where there's so much hype where there's so much like name dropping I just don't care I just zone out I'm like I just want to play a show where hopefully I play to people who want to hear it. Yeah. Ideally, I get paid enough to cover my costs. Uh, that's all I really care about is like playing to people, <laughs> potentially giving them like a worthwhile experience, and not losing money. Yeah. Those are my priorities, and all the other stuff is I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever cared, but I really don't care now. Like yeah. this far into it. Um, and I just, I feel like it's hard to avoid that stuff in, like, L.A., New York, big, really big yeah. cities. At least Chicago has, like, a really, and every city has, like, an underground scene that's kind of alongside that, if you can get into it. I think just with L.A., the, uh, even the underground scene is so huge and so sort of saturated, it's really hard to break into it if you're not already in it. And I yeah. feel like... I played, do you remember that place, The Smell? Have you ever played there? I heard about it. It was kind of legendary, even yeah. for like a DIY venue. It was so hard to get in there. I played yeah. there once, and some friends had hooked it up or something, and then I thought, cool, well, I'm in now, and 
and then I could play there again, and I, I could not get a hold of anybody. But I know that they get, I mean, someone was telling me, they get just like hundreds of emails a week. Right. It's too much. Yeah. Like, and they can't, I mean, I don't, that's why I say this to like not shit on them at all, because like they just literally can't keep up with the amount of attention that they have. Because it was a really good venue that was like pretty large for a DIY venue, and they just, they got bigger than they could handle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like that tends to happen. So like either you play a crappy place that no one really wants to play, or you, or the handful of people that are doing it really well end up being inundated with, with too much attention. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird. The whole like these thing with these large cities, I feel so much pressure to try to find a sh- at least just get any show right, there. Right. Like, ideally, it would be a, you know, a good show. A good show, but <laughs> a decent show. But. Yeah, even with Seattle, I have hard, sometimes have a hard time with Seattle. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the city vibe in general is like, I just get the sense that people are over, over saturated or something. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's just so much harder to have a, an intimate show where like we're all in it together to get right. that community feeling. Where it just seems like it's better. It would make more sense for me to just avoid right. those cities. I don't know. But then there's like the pressure of like, well, if you want to be successful, you you play right. in these bigger cities. Even though, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So I get that. But that I guess what I'm saying too is, as far in as I am, that's never translated for me. Yeah. People say it, but I don't. Yeah. I think maybe if you're doing like pop music or rock music or something. But I, I feel like it's it's not like the shows that I've played, even the decent shows that I've played in New York or L.A. or Chicago have ever ended up with me being like somehow getting catching some break, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. I feel like that's the myth that we... Yeah. And I'm sure it happens occasionally. You know, someone gets discovered. I just did air quotes there <laughs> for folks who can't see me. Um, yeah, but I feel like that's... That's maybe that happens, but it's so rare that if you're living for that or, or like trying to plan around that, you're gonna be disappointed yeah. most of the time. Yeah. But I know what you mean too though. Like I I feel like Baltimore is that for me. Baltimore and mm. Boston are both two towns that like I really like the towns. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I wanna play a show there because I like this town and I would like to hang out there for a day or two. Yeah. At least. And it's such a pain in the ass. I I <laughs> I played a house show in Baltimore this last time for like maybe five people. I can't remember. It was like, I just, it was like all I could figure out. And I was like, I know there's shows in Baltimore. There's an amazing scene here. Where where are they? And I just haven't, I just haven't tapped into it. I know it's there. I'm just, I'm, I'm not aware of it. Uh, or Boston. I played a great show in Boston this last year, but it was like the first time playing in Boston in probably like five years. Every I go through the Northeast every year, and it's like the last five years I've gone through and been like, hey, I've reached out to like 20 people, and it all just didn't work out. I was like, oh, sorry, we're doing this that week, can't do it, and it just never works out. And I'm like, I know there's a cool thing there. And there's so many colleges there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I just remember the Baltimore played there once. Yeah. And that was a pretty bad one. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it all was fun. Yeah. There was my friend, I was on tour with my friends, but I remember we were like, the show was on like the fourth floor of this okay. walk up and we had, you know, drum sets, bass amp, all these right, amps, right. just like, it, so hard to get up to that space. I feel like that should be something that as a venue and maybe they did I don't know but you should warn people yeah like hey we, we're on the fourth floor just as no a heads elevator. up no elevator yeah. <laughs> just so you know but yeah it's not you, it's not awesome that's like really you can really hurt yourself or maybe you don't already have like yeah you should know that before it's a good uh, it's a good heads up and just to mentally prepare like okay we're, we're carrying actually because that band I was in with John Horner he had that massive, uh, I just forget what it was, a fender cab or some massive like refrigerator-sized cab that was like, okay, if it's not on the first floor, where it's going to be us and hopefully like roping another person or two into helping us carry this massive thing up, yes. up all these stairs. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I After all that bad talk about LA, the last two shows I had were like, finally, just perfect yeah like, yeah but just to say that not I, I have had really wonderful experiences there recently well it's I was like, gonna say I said something earlier that I guess I should qualify when you're talking about sort of like being successful and then I think okay this also maybe kind of depends on the music that you play and like your music actually is in this um, category for me of like where it's deeply real and deeply honest and I could see it being commercially viable and that's not for me that's a pretty small category there's not a lot of stuff that I feel that way about <laughs> where like I love this on a really personal level and I could totally see where like in the right hands it could end up being something that was like successful on these more um, by these other like cultural standards right and I guess I don't put myself in that category like, I, I love what I do. I, I know full well that, like, experimental solo bass is never going to be, like, on the charts. You know, like, I'm not going to... You know, that, like, that, that's fine. I, like, accepted that decades ago. That, like, I'm doing a thing that is going to have limited commercial viability. It's going to be, like, a niche thing. But it's not going to be, like, on the radio or anything like that. And so, in a way, I think that also maybe... Um, how do I say that? It sort of shapes the way that I think of some Chicago, LA, New York show being potentially beneficial to me. Because I feel like even if like that, you know, that classic scenario in which like the record exec is like hanging in the room and is like, <laughs> oh, this boy's good, you know, <laughs> like like I'm that never happens. Up. But but even if it happened, that guy's not gonna make the phone call and be like. Hey, <laughs> I you found our new star. Like, I know that's not going to happen. And that's not going to happen for just about anybody. But I know that for me that that's, that's just not, it's not just unlikely. It's like, that's just clearly not in the books. And I, I guess there's like this, for people like yourself who are making these like, Beautiful, this beautiful music, but that that could also potentially like it could blow up. It's not like you can say it couldn't. Uh -huh. uh, I imagine there's still always this this like I guess you're describing it as this tension. This like, well, I don't 
goodness, I don't have to play that city, but I feel like I should because right. you never know. Because it seems like it would be a smart business decision to right. like book these bigger cities. But is that the kind of thing? Is it is it because of the like that little possibility of maybe somebody's there who sees you that has some reach, has some uh, some power in the industry? Is that is that I mean, uh, I think it's more that I would like to, uh, not necessarily for that, this, like, mysterious record exec, yeah. <laughs> but that I like the idea of uh, meeting potential fans in these bigger places, because I know, I feel like in those shows that do work out, that where people in the bigger cities do come, it's like, uh, it feels great, and it feels like I should. It works out well financially, and it also like to have to create a following in a bigger city. It, it that's the reason. It's like maybe I can start something. Okay. And even though my past experiences haven't been working out, like right. maybe this time I'll tap into. But I mean, if you compare or if you, if you yeah. can contrast, because uh, I think of there's little towns that I play in where like I'm a big deal in that town now because I played there once Uh because the scene's so small that anybody coming through once from out of town could potentially be a big deal and it's sort of awesome for me I just I love that these little towns where people are thirsty people are like oh my god you brought this to us like thank you and there's so much more appreciative than in any big city you know I'm like I played a show I played twice in Columbus Indiana Uh, it's tiny it's I think it's Mike Pence's hometown (laughs) I think I remember hearing that last time I was there but I mean there's this weird little awesome scene it's all high school kids I mean most people leave after high school yeah. you know or the or I mean creative people people that are you know it doesn't have like a a scene that extends into like you know all ages but it's but the high school kids there are doing awesome stuff and I played a show with this like there was like a kind of post-rocky band that was awesome and the guy was wearing like a Godspeed you Black Emperor t-shirt and I was like how do you what you're in high school get the fuck out of here with your Godspeed t-shirt I didn't know about Godspeed in high school and like that was like kind of in their prime when you know but uh and then there was this like brass it was like a saxophone quartet that was more it was more like the band kids Uh like doing a recital but it was amazing it was like they had like a baritone tenor alto and soprano sax all playing like these amazing it was so good it was so good I was so stoked and I've just played there twice but it's like you get this sense and I'm not saying this again it's not I don't mean this in a like conceited way but you get this sense that like you are changing somebody's life like if you're doing music that's not typically heard there's gonna be somebody in the crowd who is altered yeah. because of what they just witnessed yeah, yeah. and I, I compare that to like I played a show one time in New York at the um, what is it called Cake Shop oh, I've Man. There. Yeah. yeah I love the Cake Shop I actually think it's an awesome I don't think it's around anymore um, but 
as much as I love that place, there was like one show I played where there were these two fucking hipsters standing three feet from the stage. And it wasn't like a full house. There were people there, it wasn't empty, but there was plenty of space. And most people were a little bit further back. And then these guys were standing right in front of the stage discussing my influences during my set. And I can hear every word they're saying. And they're like, and they're like, I think I can I can hear some cigaros. I feel like you probably listen to cigaros while, while I'm playing. And they keep trying to get more obscure. They're like, uh, yeah, but do you know the band Rothko? And they're like, you know, it's, it's got like three bassists. And some of it's stuff that I know that I do like. And I'm like, yeah, I do like that band. Shut up. I'm playing right now. You know, like, stand yeah. in the back if you're going to talk through the set. Or wait till I'm done. And yeah. then... You know, if you want to ask me yeah. about my influences, you can, or whatever. Or if you want to speculate about it, you can. But I was just so annoyed. And I kept giving him the stink eye. Like, I'm trying to play, but I'm super distracted. So I keep looking at him, trying to, like, lock eyes with him go, Dude, shut up. I can hear everything you're saying. Yeah. Just give it a minute. You know, wait yeah. till the end. But they were just, yeah. They were just, eventually, I think I, I don't remember what I did, but I feel like I did get their attention and be like, hey, can you, can you shut up? <laughs> or something yeah. like that. But, um, but yeah, like they, they were just so, it's sort of worse, I think, even than when you're talking about like when people are just there to meet with their friends. Like, it's like they're there to do something other than listen to music, but it still has to be done, like, right in front of the music or, or yeah. it's like engaged but in a done. way but yeah like yeah. you're a television or something yeah and yeah I hate that shit yeah and that doesn't happen all the time in cities but I feel like that would only happen right. in a city right <laughs> you know it's like so it's this disconnection where yeah whereas in the smaller places with with folks that don't get a lot of touring bands coming in right they they're not they don't get to... The thought of being disconnected in that way doesn't even... Probably doesn't enter in there. Right, or if they are... This is maybe a... a this is a subtle distinction, but I... I feel like if they are disconnected, it's because they are not into the music. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. not... My music's not for everybody. Nobody's music's for everybody. Um, you know, I, I have played small shows where... I'm getting small towns where somebody's there and they just don't care. And I can sort of like, okay... This isn't your thing. You're yeah. you're gonna like sit over there and read your paper. That's fine. Or like you're talking at the bar, but it's a bar where clearly like you come here every weekend, and I'm just here, and I I sort of feel like I'm in your space, yeah. not the other way around. Right. That is not great. It's not ideal, but it's also I feel like not the worst. Whereas somebody who is there for the show, who is into the music, but then also just doesn't have the courtesy or the sort of manners to, to know like not to talk during it but thinks that they're like fully engaging and supporting you it's supporting you yeah. but but are actually being more of a distraction yeah yeah that's that's the worst <laughs> that's like being heckled you know oh, in yeah. a masked way yeah yeah I mean who, like by somebody who doesn't know they're heckling yeah right right <laughs> And it's, yeah. it is funny, I said this the other day, where I do feel like a lot of times 
in shows where there is kind of a split where some people are paying very close attention and some people are just kind of there mm-hmm. and more just like talking to their friends whatever I've noticed this trend where the person paying the least attention will yell the loudest during the applause you know where like the person who's just not listening at all yeah. who's just like on their phone or talking to their friend then you when you stop and everyone's clapping they're like yeah. yeah and like Every oh now gosh, and again, totally. you, you get that, like, totally, in, like, out of place. Somebody is, like, hooping and hollering in a way. You're like, where you weren't even... Yeah. You? you just like to yell. That's what I, I think. It's just like, oh, this is a chance for you to yell, and you yeah. like to yell, so you're going to take your opportunity. <laughs> that comes up a lot for me at shows where, like, like, when I'm playing, I'm really into the song and just... Kind of forget everything else, but then after, you know, during the applause part, I try to. There's this part of me that's trying to like read the crowd to see where people are yeah. at, and yeah. a lot of the time I get, I just see like blank faces, like you know, people are clapping and like I can't read. Right. And so I have this issue in a lot of the shows where I, afterwards I feel really kind of. Uh, insecure and a little bit like not knowing how to interpret what just happened Right. but the thing is a lot of times people like will then come up to me and share with me their feelings which are really uh, can be like really kind but it's the, the blank faces like they're not right. hooping and hollering and right. like you know losing themselves they're engaged and so <laughs> Sometimes that that shows off to me is just like I can't read it. Yeah, I see. And I misinterpret it afterwards. I it reminds me of a show I had in Joshua Tree actually. Not that trip that I was talking about, but more recently, where it was just it was bizarre, and it was like the show organizer. It was in this art gallery, and the show organizer never showed up, and Hmm. also I was the only band. So people came, but like no one was in charge. Like I turned okay. out that I was the one. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I didn't know any so of. This is in a gallery. Okay. Yeah, and so there's no other band, so like I just kind of had to organize the night, like determine yeah. how long to play for, and right. And uh, everyone was so quiet, like so I played and kind of did my thing but then I just couldn't read the room I couldn't tell if people wanted me to keep going or if they were tired and if they were done and it just like no expression on anyone's face so I just I don't know I did the set and I just started packing up my guitar and it's still like the room was quiet and I just like I couldn't I didn't know how to process it myself yeah then afterwards like once I was leaving the place like people started opening up to me and like just totally transformed and they were so sweet and just giving me all this feedback but it just took a really long time right and uh and at one point someone came up to me and explained it for me okay uh they were like they could tell that I felt weird and they were like that was probably intense for you right and I was like yeah I, I didn't know what how people were feeling and he was he explained it as like well you're performing in Joshua Tree and people that live in Joshua Tree are are everyone is a very powerful person like 
And I think what he meant is like people aren't going to do things out of etiquette or, you know, like okay. they're not going to be nice to you just to be nice. They're going to be in, they're going to be honest with themselves and honest with you. Hmm. So sometimes that doesn't mean like people are going to reveal the, like, I don't know. All he said was that people are powerful here, but that's how I interpreted it. It was like, people are just, everyone's very honest with themselves, so sometimes that means they're not, they're going to be quiet, or yeah. they're going to be expressionless, and that's not a reflection of, that's, it's on me to like not make a big deal of it. Yeah. Right. This isn't disagreeing with anything, that, yeah. but, I, but I also feel like there's, like your music is really emotional and really like stirring in a way that I think like you're having your experience on stage but anyone for me at least whenever I hear you play I'm having my yeah. I'm dealing with stuff of mine because mm -hmm. of like what your music brings up for me it's like so emotional and evocative that I think I would get yeah, I mean it's hard to generalize this but I think like a lot of people if they're paying attention they're having some kind of aesthetic, emotional, deep experience right now. And for me, that experience is not the most compatible with like whistling and hollering. It's like that's right. a totally different headspace. Yeah, yeah. And so I get that like as a performer, you still want to hear some feedback and hear that people like what you're doing. But I also think really when you've done your job well, it's less about you and more about what you've given to your audience. Yeah. And if they're dealing with stuff of like, and I don't even mean, I mean, this could also include like very emotional, like processing, but even just like, oh my God, that was beautiful. Even that feeling, for me, I've never thought like, that beauty doesn't make me yell. Beauty makes me like shudder. Right. Right. Beauty makes me quiet. Beauty makes me appreciative like yeah. it's not it's not a hooping and hollering kind of totally know, experience yeah. and so i can see where like there's that balance actually that makes me think of i played a show once in austin and this was a long time ago this was like before i actually knew anything about booking shows and i just found like a coffee shop that would let me play there um, no promotion no local oh. bands or anything just like i'm gonna be Shut going up. to austin can i come play there like oh sure if you want to <laughs> And uh, I don't remember what the name of the place was, but I remember being there. There was nobody there. Oh, it was a rainy day, and in Austin, that's not too typical. And it was like, okay, no one's gonna really come out. And um, I, st I was about to start playing, and there was really just the barista there. That was it. And then this other woman came in and kind of talked to me for a second, and then kind of like went off in a corner. And I start playing, and I'm sort of like, okay, well, I'm playing for, like, the barista and this one other woman. And then um, she was writing, and I, th I thought, okay, she's, like, here to do her homework. So, like, yeah. she's not even, she's doing something else. Yeah. And it's just really just me <laughs> here. And I just start playing, and at that time, I wasn't on permatour or anything. I was just, like, doing a, a week or two, or I don't remember what, but, like, a couple weeks probably. And... I was sort of like, well, I get to play, I'll just play, and I'm just playing for me, and no yeah. one else cares, but that's fine. And I did my set, and then when I finished, the whole time, like, this woman that was there, like, I don't, 
I don't even remember if she... Well, and I don't know if I took very many breaks between songs. I think I just was like, well, this is just for me, so I'm just going to play. And I played for probably like an hour and a half or something, like kind of long. Just because mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is me, doing my thing, I'll just play. Mm-hmm. And then I played and I, I finished up and I was talking to the barista. Uh, I think I was probably just trying to see if I could get like... A, you know, a chai or something for free. <laughs> like I'm, I'm making no money. I'm full aware that I'm making zero dollars. Uh, can I get a drink, maybe, or like a muffin or something? Uh-huh. And um, and I'm talking to the barista, and then the the woman who was there, like, came up to me, and she had clearly been just bawling. Oh wow! And I didn't see that. She was like kind of around a corner from me. That's why I thought she wasn't even listening. But she just been, her eyes were red and she'd clearly been crying a lot. Uh-huh. And she was like, I came here to write in my journal and you really, you really brought some stuff out that I needed to process. So thank you. Yeah. Like this was, uh, dealing with a lot of stuff right now and this was just what I needed. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I thought this was a total throwaway show. Like nobody cared, and it turned out the one person was there actually had this profound, upsetting but like important experience. Yeah. And she wasn't, she wasn't clapping. She wasn't, you know, she she was dealing with her shit. And I, and you know, I get it. Like as a musician, you want to know that people are enjoying themselves. But I think if what you're putting out there is more about introspection or something like really deeper enjoyment that kind of almost like isn't the right word right yeah, like totally. there's something else yeah that's coming out yeah I find it it's like yeah remembering that realizing and, and remembering the shows I've gone to where I'm in that position right, it's right. like you know like the last thing I want to do is like hoop and holler <laughs> right. and like or even talk to the musician I don't right. really I right. kind of just want to go and like, <laughs> right but take, you know, I'm great, like, I'll be inspired, but yeah. I just don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, And it, totally. it's like, I realize, of course, like, as a performer, I don't want anyone, I want people, people to, like, I understand that. But it's just, it gets tricky, too, because I'm, like, meeting people, sharing this with people for the first time, and it's like, uh... Yeah, it's like when you meet someone for the first time, you just—I'm a little like scared, I guess—and totally. uh, like I don't know exactly how people feel about this thing. Yeah, I totally get it, and that's why I said. But I, I need to like—I'm not saying people should do anything for me. I just—I—I yeah. I need to work on that. Like, how do I perform in any place and just just accept the interaction as it is and not interpreted as a reflection on my right. performance. Right. Yeah. And I share that story of Austin because that became the show that I would use to remember when I was playing another show yeah, and it was super right, quiet. Right. And it's like, well, it could be that nobody's into it or it could be that people are dealing with their own stuff and I've done my job as yeah. a musician, you know? Yeah. Like, and really I don't know. And so rather than speculate about it, I try to remember, don't always remember, but I try to remember, like, that's not the most important thing right now, like... Yeah, and learn to not misinterpret silence for, like... Right. I mean, sometimes people don't, it's not for them, it moves them, but they just don't feel like 
yeah. expressing that. It's good too. You mentioned that like your own experience as an audience member. I think this yeah. is really good for musicians to also reflect on their own experiences, like as a part of the crowd, where you don't always feel like talking to the person afterwards. Yeah. And I, I'm the same way. When I think of like the most powerful shows that I've seen, ones that like rocked me to my core. Sometimes I didn't want to talk to anybody for yeah. like the rest of the night. And I was just like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I just, I just, I'm just want gonna to go leave home. a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. Like, especially, I don't want to be amongst the crowds of people adoring this musician. Right. Like, fighting my way in to like, get something signed totally. or something. Totally, exactly, yeah. Like, I just I, want to leave and write in my journal. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember I saw, when I lived in Nashville, I saw Sugaros the first time, and I... Something not just their music's amazing, but then also the fact that they didn't talk at all. Uh, they they said talk like thank you at the end, and that was the only word that they said the entire uh, show. I was so moved by it, and I remember I was there with my girlfriend at the time, and she started talking to me about the show, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to talk. And she's yeah. like, and I could, I don't think I could even get the words out of I don't want to talk. I was just like shaking my head, yeah. <laughs> and it it made me just like want to take a vow of silence and I felt that way for like a good I don't know 24 maybe 48 hours or something where I was just wow. like talking is not worth it you just, wow. there's so much more we can do yeah. without talking yeah. <laughs> and I I I know I was being a like difficult boyfriend <laughs> because she was like she had had this experience too and she wanted to talk about it and I just wasn't there uh, yeah. so I just kind of bailed <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, like went we were gonna like hang out that night after the show and I just didn't I just like left and went home and right. couldn't couldn't deal with the world at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Yeah. episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Freiman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash